The Athletic. I'm sorry, you can sit there and look and play with all your silly machines as much as you like. Is Gascoigne going to have a crack? He is, you know. Oh, I say! Brilliant! And tame, and tame again. Break up the music! Charge a glass! This nation is going to dance all night! Elton John, proper football man. Champions League on the BBC. The lost Barry Davis tapes. Mickey Mouse available on a Bosman. Tony Pure Barclays Blair. The nailed-on football careers of everyone still left in the last 16 of Wimbledon. David Seaman's live fishing quiz. How UK drum and bass outfit Rudimental predicted Newcastle's new manager seven years early. Double unfinished business and Richard Keyes on trains. Brought to your ears by The Athletic, this is Football Clichés. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 173 of Football Clichés. I'm Adam Hurry and alongside me, first of all, is David Walker. How's it going? Very well, how are you? I'm alright. I hear on the grapevine... A certain Sir Elton John is a proper football man. He is indeed. And and this is something that I think I've sort of known for a while, sort of suspected it, but he really confirmed his credentials as a proper football man last night on Sunday night at Vicarage Road, where he was performing as part of his farewell tour. Um, a wonderful evening at the Vic, but midway through the performance, he obviously addressed the crowd and talked about his association with the club over many decades and how he's seen it grown, but he he couldn't not mention last season's dismal relegation. And this is what he had to say. And we've come so far. And yes, we've had a horrendous year last year. We've got to come back behind. We've got to back the new coach. We've got to back the team. And they've got to play with a lot more fucking passion than they do. Really good swearing from Elton John. A fucking passion. Yeah, excellent. Really, I think he's one of the great swearers, actually. Yeah. Um, if you've if you've watched his the documentary um, that he did 20, 30 years ago, or whatever, um, he's probably quite restrained, to be honest. But yeah, excellent, and it got a rapturous response from uh, from the Vicarage Road faithful. Play it in the dressing room before the first game. I say, what a rallying cry from. Mr. Watford. He also, Sorry, Adam Leventhal. <laughs> last week as well, further underlining his proper football man status, he was uh, did an interview with Sky Sports News, I think, and uh, repeated um, mentions of premiership. Oh, yes. Yes, we're going to talk about that once again on the adjudication panel this week. Alongside you for that is Nick Miller. How's it going? Yeah, not bad, not bad. Um, alarming. Well, I mean, unnerving developments in the football media world nick the champions league is going to be on the bbc it's insane it's sort of, it doesn't it just sort of doesn't feel right and is quite comforting at the same time doesn't it <laughs> it's in I mean, safe hands yes it's yeah i mean it's kind of the, are, are they gonna are they gonna get clive in i mean is this uh, are, they, are they gonna just gonna lean into the free-to-air business what's bit of well, drury how are they gonna work would be this? nice bit of drury yeah, back where nah, it won't be though will it it'll be you know not a bad thing but it, it'll be Brotherton, it'll be wilson Mowbray. exactly those are the guys and that that's will fine do. yeah that's fine um yeah here are the details the bbc will show highlights of the champions league for the first time from 2024 with amazon also buying rights to broadcast some matches the package acquired by the bbc means they'll show highlights from all champions league action on wednesday nights what are they going to call it nick if you can't call it match of the day are they match of the night yeah i think they will call it match of the day well no well, they, well but they call match of the day it's called match of the day when they have fa cup yeah it's match of the oh day. yeah yeah sure yeah. oh yeah yeah i'm not yeah it is still allowed in the evening i just i just i just feel like they're gonna have to mix out for the champions league they have a slightly different theme tune will they have to make their own Ooh. yeah but champions <laughs> league with the that does that is 
That does not it's seem wrong. right, does it? <laughs> yeah. It's a bit too jovial, yeah. isn't it's it? Too it's too domestic. You can't have <laughs> serious business. in football. It's wrong. I'm, I'm fascinated to see what happens. But Lineker knows what he's doing, Dave, right? I mean, Lineker's handled Champions League nights before. Um, should be fine. Absolutely. I bet he's delighted uh, that it, it's yeah. the Champions League has landed back in his lap. Going to have furious Barté Borisov fans tweeting him, asking why they're last on the run. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't even thought of that. Thank God you did. Last week, Nick, you will remember that we were talking about uh, commentary lines we thought were long lost to the point where we thought maybe they'd never even existed at all. The Nelson Mandela effect, etc., etc. The top one for this was Barry Davis admonishing the Italians after they were almost certainly cheated out of the last 16 of the 2002 World Cup. Um, Debate raged about this. Um, people were starting to doubt that it ever happened. Some were getting really desperate and speculated it might have been Euro 2004 instead, which actually feels even more ridiculous, actually. Um, uh, but we've dug a little deeper. First of all, we have found the earlier bollocking when South Korea equalised in the 88th minute. So let's hear that. Let's set the scene. Park Ji-sung looking for the return. Here for handball. So, on a scale of marvelous, naught to Barry, Nick, what are we scoring that? That's that's a real solid one, isn't it? Yeah, I don't know. It, I suppose the Itali- at that point the Italians did have a reputation for for sort of messing things up a bit uh, late on, didn't they? So it, it doesn't. It feels a little bit weird now, given that they won the World Cup four years later. Yeah, at this point, Dave, we thought, well, maybe this is the thing we're thinking of, and we've just all corrupted it in our heads, and it was something else. But no, no, no. Sam Huxley has got in touch, the man with the golden audio touch, and he has found the Barry Davis bollocking of the Italians, and he's told us exactly when it is. It wasn't when the goal went in, the golden goal from An Hyun Wan. It was after the replays, two minutes later, and here it is, just as we all remembered it. And they have such talent, and they don't take advantage of it and make that attacking talent and skill count for they were in control of the match and they've lost it because they will not learn. Ah, <laughs> so good. It's just right. It's just right. It's not too sniffy. It's just right. It's got a great rhythm to it. Dave, I, I love everything about it. It's it's vintage Barry Davies. Was this his last World Cup? Did he do 2006? I think it probably was, probably, wasn't yeah. it? And really going out with a with a real flourish. Yeah, the obvious the other famous ones from him are the Frankly, who cares? What about the Germans? But frankly, who cares? That was him, wasn't it? In the, the hockey, was that in the hockey? Mm-hmm. In the Olympics, yeah, eighty-eight. Yeah, and it's. I think it's like better than that because it. It that was a little bit. I don't think he's massively proud of the hockey. Yeah, it, it, yeah exactly. And I, but this one, I yeah, he's making a good point. Like he's making a valid, a valid point there. It's it's nice because he's. It sounds like he's taking it so personally, and I don't know. I'm going to assume that he has no kind of. <laughs> Actual personal connection with the, the, the Italian snake. football team. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe. So it, it does. It just sort of suggests that he is. Every year, I just... draw them out the hat, and they just <laughs> will not deliver. But it does suggest that he is kind of so committed to this uh, idea of the Italians as the great skillful estates of mm. international football, mm. and they've let him down once again. And him, him, and him only have let him down. You've let me down. You let Italy down. You've let the whole yeah. of Southern Europe down. Um, but yeah, but glad to know it existed. We can all put our minds at rest. It's not anywhere on YouTube, so this is more or less an exclusive in a weird technological way. Next up. Um, judging by the 1,273 quote tweets on this, Dave, I suspect we may not be the first to make these quits. It's never a great sign, is it? No, it's not. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> At least it's only about two days late, so let's let's fire into it anyway. The Guardian report that Mickey Mouse could soon leave Disney as his 95-year copyright expiry nears. Plenty of very obvious jokes here to be made. Shall we make them? <laughs> Yes, please. <laughs> go on then. Who wants to go first? Well, uh, do we have a number on how many people tagged in Fabrizio Romano to the <laughs> replies saying any truth to this, etc., etc.? You know, 
furious furious pundits on Talksport complaining about how it's all about cheese these days, etc. Questioning whether everybody could afford his wages at the age yeah, of ninety five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, it's at, Man- at Manchester United, all this, yeah, blah blah blah. But I mean, Disney it's it's a it's all their own fault. Isn't it, Dave? They will not learn because uh, <laughs> Winnie the Pooh's copyright ran out in January, apparently. Yeah. So that's up for grabs. Right. Um, although anybody depicting Winnie the Pooh cannot depict him in a red T-shirt because Disney still have the trademark on the red T-shirt, but not <laughs> not the bear itself. <laughs> can, they, can, can, can someone else use it if it's a red T-shirt paired with some trousers? I think... Because fa- famously, trouser, famously top but no bottoms, yeah. Winnie the Pooh. No, I think the red T-shirt is, remains under Disney's control. I, 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 fear, I fear this is on, it's only going to end in one way. That's some sort of sordid X-rated Winnie the Pooh mm. film. Where he's yeah. n- naked. Oh, just change the t-shirt. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. But um, it's the same thing with Mickey Mouse, right? Because the Mickey that we all know and love these days. Mickey. <laughs> Mickey. Mickey Mouse. 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 <laughs> 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 the copyright on the on the current on the modern day uh, depiction of Mickey Mouse is still in. So it's it's like the Steamboat Willie one, like the ninety five right. year old one where he's like you know a, a black and white. Like long, mm. well, a long sort of rodent-like nose. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, you're not you're not getting the full Mickey. <laughs> um, um, but there are problems on the horizon for Disney. Nick uh, Tigger's copyright is set to expire next year, so he could well be reunited with Winnie the Pooh somewhere. It's a real crisis for Disney, and not that it's, they seem to be able to do anything about it. That's the law. It's a it's an absolute mess for the copyright division. I mean, I mean, they just they're letting these copyrights run down. And they're just not getting the fee for them, are they? Bussing so. for Jean-Marc Bosman, the animated series. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what on earth could happen? What on earth is going to happen? Disney crumbling, but uh, remains to be seen. Ah, cracked badge. Cracked badge. Cracked, uh, cracked, mi- cracked mouse ears. Are we going with that? That's in the office. Would it be sure. a cracked sort of, car- you know, the castle? Logo, the yeah. Thing. yeah, or the so. cracked silhouette of Mickey. Yeah. That seems like the most. That, that's the nearest yeah. to get to football. I mean, Disney don't have a logo as such. You can't really crack <laughs> the, the wording. Yeah, uh, but Especially, Mickey's cracked silhouette. Uh, let's look out for that. You know, they they do that thing where the, the, you get the, the the castle, and then there's like the star that sort of mm. loops around the top. Maybe the star. That's something you do with the star, yeah. where it loops around and then just crashes to the earth or something like that. One, it's a little bit more involved than you know, your standard cracked badge, but you know. Well, it's, it's a welcome challenge for the Daily Mail's graphic designers, uh, nonetheless. <laughs> um, next up, um, we discussed last week on this podcast, Dave, the um, the tricky balancing act between Premier League and Premiership and how we may mm. have gone past the tipping point now, at least chronologically. But Dave O'Leary has got in touch and says that Tony Blair certainly hasn't listened to the podcast and he hasn't got the memo at all. Why are you doing this conference? I think the country is at an inflection point where, you know, if you care about the country and you don't become prime minister and and be prime minister for 10 years unless you you do, um, I think that it isn't at an inflection point. I think we are at serious risk of being relegated, as it were, from the premiership group of nations, unless we take strong action. Are we sleepwalking towards relegation, Dave? (laughs) (laughs) From the premiership. Who are the other who are the other nations? I think we are, we we definitely are at a low ebb. We're ho- we must be hovering above the drop zone. Yeah, I mean, obviously there are, there are two strands going on here. I mean, it's the age-old situation of the uh, politics football analogy, Nick. But let's focus on the real deal here. Um, I'm I'm inclined to maybe let Blair off here because if any if there were, ever was a FA Carling slash Barclays Premiership Prime Minister, it was Blair. So uh, he's um, I mean he's. His head tennis with Keegan, that's what, 95, 96? Yep. Um, that's pure premiership, isn't it? So maybe we should yeah. allow it. And, and uh, I can't remember the exact dates, but was pre- premiership would have spanned 2000, uh, 1997 to 2007, wouldn't it? Or, or less. More or yeah, less, 93 so. to 2007, I think. Right. Well, there you go. So, yeah. um, and also, so, yeah. premiership is a word that he will have heard used in connection with him correctly. Mm. Repeatedly, mm, quite right. Also, it's a, it, perhaps an indication of how much this podcast has infected my brain. That I thought he was going to, when he said, having been prime minister for ten years, I thought he was going to say, "Fummer since." <laughs> <laughs> um, funny you should say that because it is time 
for what I have now decided to call For My Sins Corner. Um, Phil Whittington writes in, says, I've recently started a new job as a maths teacher and was shown around the school this week with the standout introduction being, I'm a French teacher, for my sins. (laughs) I'm not sure which subject this is most applicable for, but surely it's not French. I mean, what a weird thing to say anyway. (laughs) Um... Dave, would you say French is the most for sinsy subjects? I don't think it's even the top three, is it? Definitely not. No, it's it, there's that's quite there's a glamour to being a French teacher, I think. Oh yeah, I'd say so. For my um, sins, I think you're looking at what's the most boring subject? Business well, studies, is, is geography. Yeah. Geography is classically attributed as being as someone who's a bit of a square who looks like a geography teacher. Why is it always geography? Geography is interesting, if anything. Varied rocks, the world. Weather? Good. It's a good subject. It's not for my sensitivity at all. Nick, Ruth Gard replies and saying um, she agrees with this and says that PE or RE would seem more suitable. RE? Well, yeah. oh, I think I think RE, that, that's, I mean, there's, there's so many so many avenues you could go down with the, the, the sins involving RE. But yeah, uh, I don't know. But PE, I'm not sure about. I mean, PE teachers are generally... Not really I mean, academic, I, I, I is it? No, I, I, I don't know whether this is just just at my school, but I think PE teachers are sort of generally regarded as dickheads. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So maths feels quite for my sinsy because I mean there, there are people that yeah. there are people that are good at maths, but then everyone else who isn't good at maths finds it painful and boring. But if you introduced yourself as an RE teacher, Nick, you could you could do some sort of medley. You could say, "I'm a man who knows a thing or two about sins <laughs> for my sins." <laughs> Yeah, but I haven't met too many RE teachers in my life. It's a strange one. Uh, but yeah, French, I agree with Phil Whittington. Not really up there. More respect to the French. Would, um, I think so- German would be worse. It's the least glamorous of the languages, isn't it? It is. It is. It's the easiest of the of the core ones. Mm. But um, is, is, is there not an element to which... It, well, I don't know. This, this may differ from, you know, school to school, but... <laughs> <laughs> but it is an element to which it has to be a subject that you have to do. So there are kind of the the, the students are captive and they can't general you know, studies, choice. physics, yeah, something social like studies, sex but education. Like, but, but French at my school, anyway, French was the one everyone had to do, and then you had options to do the rest. Mm. Of the Real thing. shame, Charlie's not, not here. Yeah, <laughs> talk about oh, his, be- his Latin. <laughs> Teacher. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he'll be killing it. Uh, we've got we've got far more um, Charlie S content coming up. Anyway, the second half of For My Sins Corner comes from uh, from Tom. Uh, not inclined to believe any word of this, but I'm going to read it out anyway. He says, "I was participating in my first ever six-a-side cricket tournament today, Nick. One of the dads on my side said he was a right arm fast medium bowler for my sins. Then he turned to me and asked, "Do you have a bowling preference for your sins?" Can we sin other people? Is this allowed? No. Who is this guy? Is... Who talks like that? <laughs> what? Do you have this a is... preference for your sins? This, this this person sounds like an alien who has just been dumped into a human body and has like read something, read some key phrases or something like that that he, he that uh, is you know advised that you know normal human beings say. So he's just kind of throwing it out there and using it in various situations and seeing which ones stick. Don't like it. Phrases in question, Dave, at all. Or, also, sorry to yeah. butt in here. Fast bowling is not is absolutely not a for my sinsy right. uh, uh, sort of discipline in cricket. Absolutely not. No, I'm, I'm, I'm sure. Uh, I don't know. Maybe a spin bowler against a, a you know a hearty uh, batting lineup. So you but can't, not, you can't not be a, a long suffering fast bowler then. I don't think so. Okay, no. fair enough. No, me- yeah. medium. If you're a medium paced, basically yeah. nothing. You just can sort of <laughs> get it down there. Yeah, no spin, but no pace. But fast, fast bowlers are cool. Yeah, right. they're the main yeah. men. Yeah. I mean, and that's true. Absolutely yeah. ludicrous to use that as to project it onto someone else. Yeah, you never presume. No, don't presume sinning no. at all. Um, who is this guy? Absolute nonsense. Um, that concludes for my sins corner for this week. Next up, though, another old favourite. This is from Ben Wright. He says I was listening to Radio One's Residency with Ewan McVicker. Is he a co-commentator waiting to happen? Oh, what a tune that is, by the way. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> uh, very good. 
very nice delivered in, in, in that accent over the top of um, bit music, uh, Dave. I'm, I'm all for it. Um, said it quite well, delivered it very well. Um, yeah. No, no qualms for yep. me. I, I didn't, I didn't, for some stupid reason, when you said Ewan McVicar, I, I just, my brain didn't tweak that he'd be that Scottish. <laughs> obviously <laughs> he is. And it was, yeah, absolutely brilliant. Fantastic. For a bit of extra context here, Nick, these he was playing an entire set of unreleased tracks. Does that does that sway it even further? Is it a sort of you know? Whew, guess what, guys? Bit of inside information for you. But what a track that is, by the way. Yeah, I think so. Although I, I don't know. Is it the, the, the by the way is of, is often used as a uh, describing a player who everyone knows is a good player. Maybe so right. I don't know. Yeah, you are right. Yeah, you're not. I, yeah, you're not going to see um, a player no one's ever seen in the stands. And by the way, no. Yes. But also. Uh, I, I like to think that he isn't actually Scottish, and he was just saying it in that <laughs> yeah. accent to, as a as a tribute to McCoist. Hope so, hope so. Yeah. The name Ewan McVicker suggests not, um, but, uh, yes. uh, but yes. I don't know how I, I don't know if I pushed the act. Anyway, here's an, here's a little straightforward one for you, Dave. David Buick tweeted the other day. Fair to say, this four far fan wasn't best pleased with Dunfermline's third goal in their pre-season friendly. This is great. <laughs> Fifty-two quid. That's a bargain. What are you expecting? Fifty-two yeah. <laughs> quid for a season ticket. Yeah. Okay. You should take that. Um, did he say? There, did there, he say pish at the end? He said yeah, pish. Yeah, pish. Okay. Two pounds yeah, yeah, a season yeah, for this yeah. pish. Good. Um, but Nick, there are, there are two strands to this for me. First of all, the the superbly delivered. Oh, for God's sake! And the I think unrecreatable audio of someone shouting from the back of a corrugated iron stand I, I know exactly what materials are involved in the stand that that guy is sitting in um, it's such a football-y sound and crucially a very sparsely populated yes. uh, corrugated iron stand as well He will. It, there will likely be four or five other fans around him for their sense and uh, he will have turned to one of them and they would have completely ignored him or, or at least just kind of you know nodded yeah it was also a, 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 a the ideal sort of goal for that because it was a sort of cross shot going through a number of defenders who probably should have cut it out and then sort of sliced into his own net by another defender so it the, the perfect goal to conceded for that kind of reaction as well always good to hear this sort of stuff in pre-season though dave when someone's actually sort of jacking it in before the season's <laughs> even started yeah yeah that's true misery isn't it yeah come on if you're if you're really that furious about what you're seeing. Season 52 quid season ticket on the pitch, please. Mm. Yeah. Next up, Nick, Joe McGarry has some concerns about this. Newcastle United, on the 28th of June, tweeted, uh, we've agreed a deal in principle with Lille to sign Dutch defender Sven Botman for an undisclosed fee. Nice picture of uh, Sven Botman holding up his Newcastle shirt at St. James's Park. You can't unveil a player when you've agreed a deal in principle. The signing wasn't officially in... The signing wasn't officially confirmed for another three days. Reckless behaviour. Impatience. They're opening themselves up to that old that old thing about Paul Ince where he um, he kind of t- had his pictures taken or whatever it was before actually signing and then, you know, they, they, they leaked out and then West Ham fans hated him ever since. He's the incur- potentially incurring the wrath of Lille fans if he's, um, you know, if the, the, some te- uh, like technical thing falls through and he, they don't actually make the signing. Exactly, Definitely. exactly. I mean, I, I sympathise to an extent, Dave, because there's an awful lot of impatience, uh, I imagine, particularly around Newcastle for, for signing new players in this current era. But I wonder if there's a kind of cynical aspect to this as well. It's like, well, if we do it, if we do this, they can't back out now. It would be far too embarrassing for everyone involved, surely. Yeah, I see what you mean. I hadn't thought about that. But uh, for me, this crosses the line, actually. I think there, there should, there's a very clear line in the sand David Ornstein is fine to say that a, that Club X has agreed a deal in principle if everything lines up <laughs> with with Club Y, right? Fine. The clubs, you we you wait. You do wait. You wait. Yeah, I want that contract to be signed. I th- I think I think it's a disgrace. But, did because... Man City do it with Haaland? 
Yeah, then that's the deal in principle, but I think that the, the full kind of unveiling... They, yeah, they didn't unveil. Video. Yeah, they didn't unveil, yes. That was that definitely came later. This is a 1st of July thing, isn't it? They had to wait for the for the month to tick over, I guess that's probably... It. Everything basically was done, but they just they but, had to wait for his contract to expire? God knows. But, and there's an annoying technicality here going but that's on, I'm the, sure. The difference is, like, to compare it again to Haaland, at least, like, that is, like, one of the world's most sought-after players. It's a contract thing. It's, like, a release clause thing. Mm. And it's you know, and it's let's announce it now, and then we'll sort, we'll we'll, tie, we'll cross it all off in July and, and unveil him then. It, this is Sven Botman, and and they signed him three days later. It's not Sven like it, it, I can understand if there's a big wait. She's you, you know, you're, you're you're just getting out there ahead of it to to say, look, we're on top of it. It's it's fine. Wait three days. Were they going to be well, rioting outside St James's Park because Sven Botman hadn't yet arrived? But where does this stop, Nick? I mean, I fear the next step is just a club just photoshopping a player into their kit as soon as they've <laughs> made a, an initial inquiry. I mean, at what point can you be sure that this is going to go over the line? It's worrying, I think, and FIFA should get involved. Yeah, absolutely. Tottenham sort of sort of had to do this with Richarlison because they signed him while he was in Brazil. Yeah. So they couldn't do the, the traditional unveiling in the, the shirt. So they just had to sort of fudge it with a, a, a highlight reel from, you know, his goal score for Everton. Yeah. This is mm, it's not as good. Yeah, not as good at all. Next up, this is from Michael Kanemeyer. Uh Quite simply, here's Trevor Sinclair on TalkSport discussing Manchester City's net spend this summer. You look at the players they've brought in, you know, Alvarez, 16, 17 million, um, Haaland, 51 million, and uh, Calvin, so right, Calvin Phillips, see 45 like million. Yeah. And yeah. you look at the outgoings, it balances the books. So, yeah. you know, they're probably in and around um, zero when you talk about net spend or maybe 10 million they've spent. So I think it's been a really good summer for Manchester City. In and around zero. Haven't heard that one before, Dave. Uh, on the fence about this. I mean, it's something you want to be particularly precise about, right? Yeah, I, I don't. About net spend here. I don't even think his Talksport colleague Andy Townsend would would slip in and in and around in this circumstance. Do you? In and around zero. No, no, no. I don't. I don't like it, Nick. Uh, zero is a definitive thing. It's something. It's something quite emphatic. Uh, you want to be sure about it, don't you? Yeah, and that's, uh, uh, it's also the. I sort of naively thought that the uh, the the net spend thing had uh, was a, a thing of the past. Mm. But yeah, yes, no. it t- turns out I was too optimistic about that. It's just an arbitrary bit of mathematics. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Manchester City have since sealed the forty-two million pound signing of Calvin Phillips from Leeds, Dave, who um who had this to say once the deal had been announced: "To come here is a big decision for me. Okay, it's a decision that took a lot of thinking about. Yep, fine." It was just more the fact that I wanted to experience something different. Okay. How different teams work. Yeah, sure. And how the fan base works as well. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? What does that mean? How the fan the base same. works. Yeah. How the fan base works. So the idea is sort of walking up to it and going, so what do you do on match days? You sort of, you sing in that and you hold up your <laughs> scarf sometimes. What happens if we lose? <laughs> Maybe he's he's pushed this transfer through purely to investigate the, the, whether the empty had stuff is banter is, you know, is, he doing is really true. Donald McIntyre to real new yeah, levels. Exactly. He's actually become a professional footballer and this is, worked his way up to Manchester City to, to infiltrate. This, this is this is gonzo journalism Fantastic. from uh, Calvin. Phillips. Just in the first game of the season, you just see him at the start of the start of the uh, the first game, just sort of looking around, transfixed and singing along with Blue Moon. Oh, <laughs> it's just a nice song, isn't it? They've got different. This songs. is how the fan base. Oh, they all sang the same oh, yeah. one. Where's marching on together? <laughs> um, uh, that's enough piss taking. I just thought it was a very very funny thing to say. Brought to your ears by The Athletic. This is Football Clichés. Next up, I very much enjoyed this tweet from Johnny Sharples, Nick, who says, I don't know how else to explain this, but if Nick Kyrgios was a footballer, then he would have played for QPR in 2012-2013. It's, it's yeah. immaculate, isn't it? It's perfect. I, I saw this uh, the other day and I could not fault it at all. Yeah, just erratic. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, he's he's... Is he a tennis player that the streets won't forget, Dave? Oh, I think so. With his <laughs> with his between the legs, underarm serves and, and, exactly. and all that. But he, yeah, he completely, he has that sort of petulant image around him and attitude around him that you could have, you could have, you could easily have seen him just sitting on the bench collecting his packet, like in a Jose Basingua style, not getting involved, yeah, completely at all. downing tools, great yes. in training. Either that or forcing his way out. Um, 
in an acrimonious There's a bit of a delta rats around him as well, you know, because mm, he's yeah. an undeniably okay. talented individual, but prone to yeah, that, disciplinary issues. Yeah, that's basically what QPR were, yeah. of talented players who just couldn't quite pull it out of the bag when needed. Um, the natural progression here, Nick, is I feel like we should go through the entire last 16 of the men's singles <laughs> draw yeah. at Wimbledon and instinctively decide who and where they would have plied their trade. It's actually good Nick, that Charlie's not here for this because he knows these yeah, players too biased. well. Yeah, 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 I agree. I agree. Yeah, Charlie would have had to recuse himself from this because it's it's too close to the bone. Right, Nick, you will begin. First, first club and era that comes into your head for Novak Djokovic. So this is going to be tricky because we are uh, we're going to be judging some of these people on just the names yeah. and some of them on the style of play. Uh, Djokovic is kind of that kind of machine-like quite not very likeable winner so I think Manchester City what sort now. of position are we talking sort of I'm thinking sort of wispy inside forward yeah I think so you kind of you read Mahrez is I think thinking maybe more of us kind of um Sinawatcha era Man City rather than current era <laughs> yeah. So I don't yeah. Know. yeah they signed him for, for 15 million but they got really really quickly when they realized they they either signed too many players all at once and they didn't need him or he just didn't pull up any trees um but yeah just to lay down the rules here don't go too deep it's just the yeah. name. Whatever the okay. name evokes for you. That's all we need. Don't worry about them as a tennis player. So, Dave, Tim van Rijthoven. <laughs> I'm going to go with uh, Swansea, like 2012, 13, sort of meet you era. Um, Michael Laudrup, <laughs> that era. Yeah. yeah. I think he's a right back. Of, yeah, right back. Yeah. That can play centre half because he's yeah. six yes. foot three. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't convince in either position and gets moved on swiftly. Uh, next one, Nick Yannick Sinner. Yeah, it feels like Stoke circa sort of 2009 is going to be the Ooh, default nice. answer for a lot of these. And yeah, I think Yannick Sinner is quite Stokey. <laughs> is uh, it? Are we talking another fullback slash centre half? I fear we are. Yeah, mm. might be. But th- this might be left back slash okay. centre half, though. Okay. You know, crucial difference. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, Dave, I think we, we might be perhaps slightly biased by his surname here because yeah. we may have encountered him before. Yeah. But Carlos Alcaraz. Well, it's Wigan, isn't it? because <laughs> there was an Alcaraz right wasn't there Played no no I'll yeah. tell you what we'll do they had Antonin Alcaraz yeah. so Carlos Alcaraz signed for something like Salford or Oldham just to keep him back <laughs> yeah. but he's still there yeah. Antonin Alcaraz buggered off but yeah. no Carlos Alcaraz is still there he's, he's married a local girl <laughs> and now has a bit of a sort of um, Mancunian tinge to his accent it's fantastic Carlos Alcaraz runs a pub um, uh, the Griffin I think you've taken it a step too far. <laughs> no, I haven't. Right, uh, Nick, David Goffan. Um, this feels like uh, this feels like a sort of a a, uh, a French midfielder that Tottenham signed in the sort of Santini Yol era. Brilliant. Um, so sort of um, all action, sort of Timo Tainio, sort of. Timo Tainio is exactly the sort of the, the mold I'm looking for. It, the kind of, I think he's the kind of player that if you're not a Tottenham fan, then you kind of go, oh, I don't really know about him, much about him. He never really makes an impression. And then Tottenham fans are very insistent that he's fucking brilliant, <laughs> and he should be. You know, he he. What? Why people, other people aren't interested in David Goffin? I'm not sure, but you know. <laughs> Good, like this one. Uh, I'll take the next one actually. Uh, Francis Tiafo. Um, has Leon midfielder written all over him, much sought after Leon midfielder, and and will eventually, actually go to Newcastle for forty five million pounds. The box to box dynamo, uh, Dave Cameron Norrie. Norwich, perhaps the most Keysian. Oh, he's gone straight for Norwich. He's Norwich. Norrie Norwich. Absolutely, he's Norwich, isn't he? Despite being a Norrie, even the even the look of him as well. He's just one of those sort of indistinguishable, <laughs> half decent midfielders but just don't do anything good for them in the championship but not good for yeah. them in the Premier League yeah, yeah. it's the name isn't it yeah, it yeah. can't be a good Premier League footballer it's a nice name but it's not a stellar name unfortunately um, weird one for you next Nick Tommy Paul that's not a footballer's name is it it's, it's not it's not a footballer's name so it's, it is quite slightly tricky but I'm thinking Burnley um, <laughs> I'm thinking a sort of no-nonsense centre-back that they've signed from the Football League somewhere <laughs> Tommy Paul. Yep, fine. Uh, oh, I like this one. Uh, Dave, Christian Garin. Christian Benfica. Garin. Yeah. I, was, I can't place him in the Premier League. So, yeah, let's farm him out to Portugal. Yeah. Yeah, Benfica. Like, an absurd buyout clause of like £890 yeah. million. Pounds. 
and um, probably goes to Atletico Madrid or something like that. Doesn't yeah, he? feels but right. Off, yeah, yeah, off to La Liga, but um, constantly linked with the Premier League, but will never ever arrive. Nick Alex Di Menor. I think this is a reserve fullback than Manchester United sign that he's actually not very good. He's Alex Tellez, or that um, was that Dutch guy they signed a few years ago. Oh yeah, I can't remember what his name was. Oh yeah, who was he? Butner, Butner, Alexander Butner. That was yeah. it. Yeah, he's right. him. He's a okay. he's a mediocre left back that they signed just because they needed someone. Good. Next one, a bit of a tricky one for you, Dave. Brandon Nakashima, um, New York City FC, Melbourne City, any of the others that yeah. they own, but not Manchester City. <laughs> yep, I like it. I like it. Yeah. Again, your sort of mind is drawn to the most closely associated things. I, I could sort of see Arsenal signing him from from New York Red Bulls, and we never never actually gets to the first team. But he's sort of included in that. As always seems to be the case of Arsenal. Arsenal have actually signed five players this summer, including three <laughs> players who you'll never ever get anywhere near the first team. But yeah, that also um, works, I think. Nice exclusive interview with The Athletic just after joining. But, yeah. uh, but that's the extent of it. Yep. Uh, next up, Nick, Jason Kubler. Well, I mean, the first thing to say is that this is a baseball player's name. <laughs> yeah, than, that uh, is true. Uh, uh, a football, and I, possibly for that reason, I'm going to go with American attacking midfielder that plays in Germany somewhere. Okay. Like, oh, nice. uh, like for, Mai- for Mainz or somewhere. Yeah, good. You could have had, you could have stuck with baseball player, but um, they end up on Loro's predictions. Circa 2012. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> but he actually does like his football. Like he's a Liverpool fan or something like that. And yeah, he gets really into it. Next up, only three more, everybody. Uh, Dave, <laughs> Taylor Fritz. It's the same thing again, isn't it? <laughs> Who does he play for now? Dusseldorf? Which one? <laughs> I might stick him at... Um, I might have him as the reserve goalkeeper at Sunderland in like 2014. Good. Six for eight, Taylor mm, Fritz. Yeah. But not very good with the ball. Actually, surprisingly good with the ball at his feet um, for such a big man. So he might have it all, but um, they think he's just a little bit too soft. He needs to muscle, a bit of muscle on for the championship, Taylor Fritz. Uh, but promising nonetheless. Uh, Nick, Botic van der Zanskulp. I mean, firstly, this is just a collection of letters. That's another that, massive goalkeeper, I think, as well. It's. I, I was thinking more kind of Dutch... Plays for uh, plays for Feyenoord, can play in defence or midfield, and then Everton sign him for about <laughs> eight million quid. Excellent, excellent, yeah. excellent. Um, not sure if this is an easy one or a difficult one to end with, Dave. But Rafael Nadal. I actually think Manchester City have have, have picked him up from. He's too easy to go for Barcelona. Yeah, I think <laughs> Manchester fine. City have signed him from Val- from from La Masia. Yeah. Oh no. Well, yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe they've signed him as like a youth player. He's like a prospect, sort of in the Fabregas mold. As he's he's been signed as a seventeen-year-old, and and Pep has high hopes for for young Rafa. Well, or signed by Arsenal, and then within three years, just has a com- like just a complete North London accent. There is no you know, hint <laughs> yeah, yeah, of yeah. Catalan about yeah, him yeah. whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. Rafael Nadal. Well, that was. Worth- I'm I'm glad we did this, and I'm glad we stuck <laughs> with it. No other podcast's gonna do it. No other podcast's going to do it. That's the main thing. Uh, where do we go from here? Where do we go from here? Now, Nick, tis the season for tenuous, rubbish PR emails to drop into your inbox, promising you all sorts of ridiculous facts about Player X or an opportunity with Player Z. But um, but this really was a cut above. I received an email alerting me to the fact that David Seaman, who is the newest ambassador for Fishing Republic, <laughs> is going to be hosting a fishing quiz live on Instagram. Last Friday, you could win over a thousand pounds worth of fishing gear from this quiz. So a big deal. So you need someone who really knows their fishing and knows a thing or two about their fishing to preside over this quiz. Uh, so it sounds promising so far, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dave, this is what um, Seaman had to say in advance of this quiz, entirely, entirely by his own accord, by the sounds of it. It's something that when it came along, I was like, yes, I can't wait to get into this. It's a perfect fit for me to work as an ambassador for a quality fishing company. I'm so looking forward to getting involved, learning more, indulging in the product range, as well as sharing in the knowledge that I have. And in general, promoting all the fantastic benefits of fishing. It's like going to a sweet shop. I can sort of imagine him saying some of that, at least. Mm. Okay, so... I can imagine he likes sweets as well. Yeah. I can can just imagine... (laughs) Oh, 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 you got me. I can't resist. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, um, (laughs) so 
fishing quiz on Instagram. <laughs> you think it would be kind of a light, bouncy affair, uh, but it's a little bit drier than I expected. Here's question one. This is question one. And the question is, which government department is responsible for issuing fishing license, licenses <laughs> in England and Wales? Is it A, Food Standards Agency, B, British Waterways, or C, Environment Agency? So that's A, Food Standards Agency, <laughs> B, British Waterways, C, Environment Agency. I know you've all got so. one. <laughs> you're better at it, you're fishing. <laughs> okay, yeah, had to get just the right amount of um, of David Seaman into that into that very serious uh, question. Dave, so um, probably not the vibe you were expecting, right? <laughs> no, no, definitely not. But um, but David Seaman loves his fishing, Nick. Um, but unquestionably, really, really into it. Uh, and I think um, later in the quiz, this was a little bit more like it for me. Question number 15. What is, ca- what is casting a missile-shaped object to bait an area commonly known as spooning, budding, or spodding? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I wouldn't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. oh, dear. It's just... He just, um, just seems like a, just a lovely man with just not a care in the world, doesn't he, Nick? Do we have an ex- explanation for why... So, see, for, for people who obviously can't see that, semen is seemingly outdoors, possibly... On the riverbank, I think. Yeah, yeah. On the riverbank. Yeah, on the riverbank. Yeah. Makes perfect sense. Do we have an explanation as to why the bloke he's asking the questions to appears to be in a branch of Holfords? I know, he's, he's the proprietor of the fishing store. Oh, I see. The, right, uh, the, oh, the, very much the, um, the head honcho, it would seem, of Fishing Republic. And he's in the store uh, right. about to show off the wares after Fishing the quiz. Fishing Republic. Fishing Republic. It, Fishing Republic sounds like something you'd see on the front of a T-shirt from River Island. Yeah. <laughs> um, no disrespect. Um, some quality goods on show, I have to say. But yeah, the whole thing was 37 minutes long and I watched all of it. And those were the best bits. So, Jesus. Um, did yeah. you play along? Uh, yeah, I did. Not really my... Not my thing. No. Not in a Simpsons kind of way or a wrestling kind of way. Just, I mean, I'm all for the merits of fishing, um, but it's a bit like golf to me. Just, it just requires too much patience. And if you're not good at it straight away, what's the point? Next up, Liam Duff writes in, Nick has pointed me in the direction of Charlton Athletic's announcement of their new signing, Owen O'Connell. And he says, this doesn't sit right with me. They tweeted, Charlton Athletic are delighted to confirm the permanent signing of ball-playing centre-back Owen O'Connell on a three-year deal. I, I shouldn't... Too much detail. Don't need to know. Don't need your little, don't need your little opinions about him. Shouldn't be done. And, and also, it, that, that puts a lot, quite a lot of pressure on him as well. Yeah. Because if, you know, first five minutes of his, his first game, he gives the ball away, <laughs> then, you know, particularly at uh, you know, a, a club like Charlton, as oh, they've, they've signed another duffer again. They've signed this ball-playing centre-half and he's just given the ball away in the first five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. We'll be the judge of that, Charlton Athletic, or yeah, at least, yeah, you know, exactly. smarter scout spider diagram or something like that. But yeah, <laughs> we'll see. Uh, but things got worse over the next couple of days. Uh, Dave, Perth Glory tweeted, International deal done. A very warm welcome to commanding Israeli striker Ben Azabel, who has signed a two-year contract with the club. More about the 1.93-metre front man here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Wikipedia. One point nine three meter front man. Uh, I mean, is it? Come on, Mads. I know. Is it? Is it an Australian thing? Do they operate in meters when it comes to heights over there? It's a ridiculous thing to say. Yeah. The one point nine three meter front man. Great stuff. Uh, Always wanted to revisit this again because I I feel like we might have some unfinished business with this topic. Nick Nifty Palms writes in and he says, "I'm not saying rudimental or psychic." But were they the first to greet a new Newcastle manager seven years before it happened? This is Rudimental Rumour Mill featuring Anne-Marie and Will Hurd from 2015. (laughs) Welcome, Eddie Howe. And it's called Rumour Mill, the song. Oh, yeah. Wow. Welcome, Eddie Howe. Definitely, yeah. Could you hear that, Nick? Just about. Yeah, I I was uh, sort of... Listening for Sven Botman. Oh, good. It's just in the middle. (laughs) (laughs) It's great. 
first ever transfer or slash manager hashtag in a dance track. Right. Uh, I spoke of unfinished business. Oliver Tate writes in Dave and says, Pogba to Juventus. Unfinished business? I suppose it is, isn't it? It counts. Didn't he win everything Did- over there and get the Champions League final? I think he finished his business. More or less finished his business, doesn't he? Did he oh, I mean, I suppose the only th- other thing, uh, only other thing I think is the Champions League. it's in the eye League. of the beholder, Nick, personally. Oh, yeah. Does he think his business is finished? I, I suspect he won't mm. do. I guess so. One or the one for league titles is the Champions League next. Mm. This is this is the biggest business I'm I think finish, if he I think. signs for Manchester United in 2028 when he's in his mid 30s, <laughs> that will be un- the, the most unfinished business of all time. That will be the most exactly. tangled web yeah. of unfinished yeah. business. But indeed, as um, as Jay Kelt GV writes in. He says, if he does move to Juventus, will he be the first player to have had consecutive unfinished business moves? I certainly can't think of any. Although I suspect the answer might be, Nick, everybody who played in Serie A from 1992 to 1998. The first player who sprang to mind for this was George McCartney, who, of course, went from Sunderland to West Ham to Sunderland to West Ham. Mm. So there's, presumably there was some kind of unfinished business. But was there any business there? to finish, really? Well, wasn't he... he West Ham... What, when wasn't he the reason that Alan Pardew left West Ham? No, not sorry, not Alan Pardew. Alan Kirbishley uh, resigned from West Ham because they sold him without oh. his knowledge. Oh, right. So is it, I don't know. Is that is that unfinished business? It's not really. Be. Is it his unfinished business though? I, I could conceive of a world where a club could declare <laughs> unfinished business when they get a player back. Dave, it can oh. could work the other I way. I think around. there should be some unfinished sort of... business. He's got a lot more to achieve. Here. Yeah, I think there should be some sort of quality threshold though. On if you're George McCartney. No one cares about whether you finished your business or not, do they, really? <laughs> I did see... With all due respect to the great man. I, in, in, in researching for this section, by which I mean I googled uh, footballer and finished business, um, <laughs> I did see Romelu Lukaku returning to Inter as being described as unfinished business. Ah! That, but that, 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 that works. Does it, his, his move to Chelsea no. last summer was definitely unfinished business. He won the league with oh, Inter. Yeah, well, this is the thing. I think he, he, he won the league with Inter. He finished his business there. He went back to finish some business at Chelsea and didn't finish his business. So he's gone back to the place where he finished his business. So surely when he, if he goes when he goes back to Chelsea, yeah. if he goes back to Chelsea next season, that's when it's unfinished business. It is complicated by the fact that he, the Inter fans sort of fell out with him when he left. To go to Chelsea last summer, like they sort yeah, of properly washed their hands of him. So I think that could conceivably be the unfinished business he's talking about. Come yeah, back to maybe. win them back over. But I, I, think, I agree on a footballing level, maybe I, not. It's also it's a vibe, isn't it? It's a feeling. It is. It is. Does, uh, the, the one I thought the other one I thought of was um, Gigi Buffon, who went to he went to PSG for he was only there for like a year or maybe two years. Then he went back to Juventus to finish some business. And then subsequently went to Parma to finish some business as oh, well. Oh, right. So it was almost like a Russian Dolls situation yeah. of unfinished business. Yeah. Yeah. Um, going back to finish the earlier business. Yeah, but from- I don't think I don't think a an ageing legend going back to their a former, a long, long time ago former club is unfinished business. It's a bit more legendary, way. isn't it, yeah, Dave? Yeah. I think he might be right because it's like they're going back in a kind of fond kind of way saying, well, I started here and I will finish here. Yeah. But it's not... It isn't something to go back and earnestly tie up some loose ends, yeah, is it? It's just no. more of a gentle, gentle farewell. Okay, fair enough. That's enough unfinished business for us. Let's renew some business, though. Back, potentially for one week only, for the summer period. This is Keys and Grey Corner. <laughs> Sunday. First up, this is a purely Twitter-based affair, Nick. Um, great tweet from Keezy the other day. Uh, unexpected, too. I didn't think he was into this sort of stuff. He says, I can't pretend I'm not a mild train buff, so I'm really enjoying the Elizabeth line. It's smooth, it's quiet, it's quick. It's been worth the wait. Everybody involved at TFL tagging them in should be very proud. <laughs> Imagine the retweeting <laughs> Did, did TFL respond to this as well? Not as far as I can see. No. Why would you tag them in? Why would you tag in the organisation <laughs> TFL? Mate, I, but I, I suspect, Dave, the explanation for that um, uh, quite irrelevant question is he's, he knows someone very high up at TFL <laughs> and their mates. 
That's it. Yeah, yeah, it could be. Um, and it's just a train as well. Uh, get, get over it. <laughs> it's just the same as loads of other trains. <laughs> At what point? I'll read it out again, and I want you, Dave, to interject with the Andy Gray yips, if possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't pretend I'm not a mild train buff, <laughs> so I'm really enjoying the Elizabeth line. It's smooth. Yep. It's quiet. Yep. It's quick. It's been worth the wait. Oh, yeah. Everybody involved at TFL should be very proud. Yep. <laughs> yeah, so the, the only thing I was going to say, the, the, thing that it, the thing that actually made me think of with, with regards to Andy Gray is that he actually would completely look the part as a union leader, wouldn't he? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Andy Gray. <laughs> Just batting away the questions. Yeah. Yeah, but but Kesey would look the part as the as the sort of flustered news anchor trying to, or even the flustered MP trying to kind of fire questions at <laughs> the, the RMT leader. It is yeah. perfect. Um, the the uh, football pundits union, and uh, mm-hmm. Kesey is trying to get them um, putting in their own videos into the uh, into the machine once again, like they used to back in the old days. <laughs> and Andy Gray's resisting, saying, "No, we've got computers that do this for us now." Don't need to. We don't want to go back to that, etc. Next up on Keezy's Twitter feed. So yeah, uh, Keezy was tweeting out uh, on the on the back of the unfolding Cristiano Ronaldo Manchester United saga. Keezy tweeted a picture with the most empty black space above and below it I've ever seen <laughs> on social media, um, and the the picture is is of of course it's incredibly low resolution meme, and it's from the MU and LFC banter page. That's the watermark, the crucial watermark from this piece of art. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo standing in a in what looks like an oarless boat stranded in the middle of the ocean watching the Titanic sink and the Titanic has the Manchester United badge photoshopped on the side of it. That is the extent of Keyes' engagement with current football topics. It is your, your, your dad discovering memes kind of Keyes thing. T- taking a slight risk in getting involved with a, with a banter account, of course. Yeah. <laughs> why can't people also, save photos? Why why do people take screenshots of their entire phone? Just crop or just just, just, just crop, crop it. it. Yeah. Cropping is another layer of manual intervention. I can understand why people don't mm. do that. But just save the photo. Like someone sent it to you. No, but I think saving Download the photo is harder. It's is easier it? to screenshot because everyone knows how to screenshot. And then right. and then when Fair you enough. say when you send it we be it posting on Twitter or sending it on WhatsApp, cropping, very easy to do. Those who leave the the battery status and the time at the top of the image, I think, it's, I think it says a lot about them. Needs a little bit more power. Can we have a word about the uh, Manchester United and uh, Liverpool banter page? <laughs> what, what's this? Was it reaching the hands across the, the divide? Very much Good. so. Um, just, yeah, suffering together. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Just uh, maybe some sort of peace accord. Well, we'll take the piss out of you, but you get the chance next time. I don't know what the MU and LFC banter page is. I don't want to find out. But um, it's just incredible to me. Uh, Keezy aside, Dave, that this resolution of meme still exists in 2022. How? I mean, yeah, it's a disgrace, really. (laughs) (laughs) On every single level, it's a disgrace. It is. I think it it really is. If you had to put in a time capsule for aliens to sum up online football culture in the UK, turn of the 2010s onwards, this would be the thing you put in just to sum it all up. How badly it's made. Enough from us about Richard Keyes. Enough from us about football cliches. Thanks for joining us, David Walker. Thank you. Thanks for joining us, Nick Miller. Thank you. We'll be back with the adjudication panel next week. And if you're one of the lucky few going to the Rio Cinema on Thursday night, we'll see you there. It's going to be pretty special. The Athletic.